to the Dietitian Values Podcast, a space for conversations that go beyond lip speak, challenge the status quo, and hopefully create a space where we can learn and unlearn in connection and community. Join me, Laura Jean, accredited practicing dietitian, as I brain up my thoughts, chat with insightful guests, and create a space where we'll probably end up with more questions than answers, but also a space for encouraging and inspiring accountable action. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Dietitian's Podcast, your favourite place to chat all things dietitian stuff. And that's the technical term that we'll be using today. How are you going? It's Laura here, and I am keen to chat to you about a little topic that I could probably riff on about for a few days, but I will keep it short and sweet, or as short as my verbose uh, words will maintain. I want to talk about being the expert. And particularly, I want to dig in to the nuance between being an expert and having expertise. So pull up a chair, grab a beverage of your choice, and let's chat. Now, for many dietitians, we are let's say brainwashed or programmed, or maybe some of us come to the profession with this idea, but definitely even if you don't, by the end of the degree, by the end of the training, we have been like had it drilled into us, maybe a little bit of brainwashing, that we are the experts in nutrition. And if you look at the taglines for some of our professional organisations, I think it's the US, I think yours is, and I know definitely, I can't remember if it still is, I probably should have looked at that before starting recording, but I know at some point Dietitians Australia has had this being the experts. And look, I can absolutely understand where this has come from. And dietitians, we are shoveled a little bit of shit on top of us, right? So we're constantly feel like, because this is this sort of water we swim in, aware, power, and um, <clears throat> pardon me, being the expert is seen as the thing to be, um, that we feel like we're constantly under attack or under threat or our credentials or our expertise is under threat um, or our expert status by nutritionists, which we all are anyway. Um, but, you know, those quote-unquote, underqualified ones, um, by naturopaths, by holistic health coaches, by your best friend's auntie's cousin's cat. I mean, everyone's an expert in nutrition, right? So I completely understand the premise of this idea that we are the experts. It's kind of like taking back that – it was – the premise I imagine was to take back that power to really pull back and say, hey, we are the experts in nutrition. However, I feel – that it potentially wasn't thought through as far as it could be, but also it misses a few points. And also perhaps those decisions were made without the 30-foot view, tip to uh, the movement maestro Shante, who is always talking about going back on that 30-foot view, and Kelly Deals, who's often talking about toggling in and out. So I think there was a bit of toggling missed here around um, looking at the bigger picture and thinking about who kind of benefits or or where does this idea of needing to be the expert, needing to kind of um, quote-unquote squash other people or put, um, you know, kind of lord it over other people to gain our own, you know, status um, as a profession or within our profession. And the culprit, da-da-da-da, surprise, surprise, is supremacy culture behind door number one. Supremacy culture is the motherfucker who is 
kind of setting the scene for all of this because in supremacy culture which is our culture it's the culture we live and work in it is what our health culture is built on it is what our health systems is built on it's about power and it's about hierarchy it's like a giant bloody ladder and at the top of the people with the most powers now if you've spent any time within a health system you know who's at the top it's surgeons it's doctors within the health system they have the most power we won't go into who they most tend to be in the past historically and why perhaps that um, has been set up that way. I'm sure you could probably figure it out, put one-on-one -on -one together and get uh, white men. So we've got the hierarchy, we've got the ladder, and dietitians are on there, right? We, we've got our little rung. And to maintain our rung, to maintain our status, how we've been shown that we do that is by pushing other people down the ladder, by not letting anyone get above us that has a similar kind of role to us. You know, we even feel really threatened when doctors start talking about nutrition or personal trainers or other people. And absolutely, I'll caveat this, of course, like I'm not talking about people acting outside their scope. I'm not talking about people doing harmful things like a doctor I remember I worked with who prescribed the keto diet to a client with an active eating disorder like what the mother it's like geez like so absolutely we do need systems and we do need i suppose ways to kind of reduce that harm but you know what at the same time i see dietitians right now working with mlms i see dietitians following people like mark hyman so you know glass houses and all that we need to make sure that the reason like what is our intention what is our reasoning for kind of pushing to be seen as the expert is it to prevent harm to others or is it to maintain our own status and power and real talk oops sorry actually that's um using um african-american vernacular english apologies so truth time is that we are using systems of oppression to do that and you know what, most of the times when people cry loudly or get worried about this, yes, as an afterthought, they're like, oh, yes, and what about the poor people who are being duped by these? But a lot of the time, the reason behind this is is around that whole kind of, you know, protecting our patch or watching over our turf. And I don't mean this is in as necessarily even a conscious choice to do this, but subconsciously this is what impacts on it because we are on that ladder. We're in a culture that tries to um that that is that has shown us how we get more power or how we get more status as dietitians or as as a profession and as individuals within a health system so we come by it honestly as the um in the great words of uh james um Hugh Hillman, uh, james Hugh, james Hillman at the inquisitive um inquisitive human on instagram as they say um they talk a lot about like relational fuckery as it comes to supremacy culture and one of the um, kind of phrases they use which I think is really um, kind of just a great reminder is that we come by it honestly I'm not saying that anyone went out and said right haha we're going to be like more powerful and you know that it was this conscious thing but that is what it's created it's created this space where we're so focused on denigrating other people we're like the gatekeepers of food and nutrition knowledge and it completely wipes out the fact completely like you know ignores the fact that we are not experts in anything we might have expertise and i'll get into the nuance of this but other people are always going to be the experts in them by us coming at it from this framework of being the experts it's again to a hat tip to supremacy culture it's paternalism it's saying that we know better than you it's it's a little bit of white saviorism as well so 
Um, and if you're not sure of some of these terms, I really recommend um, article, an extract from um, the work of Tima Okan, Oaken and Kenneth Jones, and I'll pop a link to the article around that. Um, and um, also Tess, Chef Tess um, RD on Instagram has done a little series on how these supremacy culture, white supremacy um, characteristics um, are evident in dietetics. So I'll link to um, their account as well so that you can check this information out for yourself and draw your own parallels or not, or just say, Laura doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm never listening to that podcast again. But if this resonates with you, then uh, let's let's dig in a little bit further. So we position ourselves as the expert, and it's all about power. Yes, okay, absolutely, we are concerned about other people um, harming humans. This is not what this whole expert versus expertise um, expert thing is about. And let's let's be honest there. So we're not the experts in any person, except hopefully ourselves. What we do have is expertise. So we have expertise in nutrition. We have expertise in food. You might have further expertise in an area that you work in. I work as a non-diet dietitian, so I consider I have expertise in that area and some of the skills and strategies or tools or ways um, to work with clients in that space. So absolutely, we have expertise in that. We there's there's it's a it's a space where language really matters because to talk about us having expertise i think is is an important thing to show where our expertise are but to claim expert status is part of that whole power over hierarchy stuff so absolutely let's shout it from the rooftops that we have expertise that we're here to create and hold space for people who want to work with us who want to um somebody support them with our particular expertise always positioning those individuals as the experts in themselves because that's who they are and the minute we don't see that that we don't acknowledge that the minute that we step over that invisible line where we feel and think that we know better is is that's when we are dehumanizing um when we are taking their sovereignty their autonomy um, we see it in the food spaces and i'm sure you can think about whether it's your own experience as a starting out dietitian kind of you know as a little foot soldier for um the whole expert i'm the expert kind of kind of situation where, where you might have told people to do stuff um, that maybe you kind of cringe at now um, whether you saw it with a supervisor or um, on a placement or whether you see it now on instagram posts or things where people are telling other people what to do like you can see the the place like where it's really replicated is in parents and kids as well and it's the same sort of thing like i know better than you i'm going to tell you what to do and look full hand up full disclosure this is something that is something we have to actively work against in all areas where it shows up but particularly in our work as a dietitian you know i'm not i'm no expert at this <laughs> i have practiced it i continue to practice it i try and be aware of it i try and repair when i do do harm in this realm when i slip back into that thinking when i notice somebody um putting something up online that's harmful or etc and i come into that whole you know i slip into that whole mindset of oh what do they do you know like that whole way we've been kind of shown to see to question that or to, to really focus on that but I think it can be a really big distraction because what who gets off the hook um, and hat tip to Kelly deals for that most excellent question that we can always be asking ourselves when we are focusing on these sort of things is who gets off the hook when we focus on, you know, 
nutritionists or we we are nutritionists of course um but like you know so-called quote-unquote unqualified nutritionists or naturopath or other people you know putting out this information who gets off the hook when that's where we put all our energy and our power and who could we or what could we direct it to if we weren't so distracted by that we could just direct it to the actual systems all around us that actually create that and that also harm clients and harm humans a lot more and more um, consistently and more systemically than somebody posting shoddy advice on Instagram. Now, do I think people should just, you know, should it be a big wild west of, of nutrition claims? No, of course not. I don't want people to be doing harm, but I've done harm as a dietitian. You have probably done harm as a dietitian. I will probably continue to do harm, not consciously, and I will do my very best to repair and learn from that and create a space where I'm open to being called in and and can, can learn and can change. But while we are so focused on other people and what other people are doing, we're not minding our own business. And, of course, for probably the three billionth time this episode perhaps or at least the third time i will hat tip to um the inquisitive human um olivia james chu hillman um sorry just had a mental blank of their name order there um who talks about this um this concept i mean and they are not the only one that do it but um they were probably the first one that really articulated in a way but i've seen some reels and some good stuff on this too um around minding our own business when we are distracted when we are focused on somebody else's business quote unquote or what they're doing or how they're not doing things or what harm they're causing we're really just deflecting from really looking at ourselves where we need to do the work and where we need to maybe unlearn some things or where we need to call ourselves in perhaps or look at things that we could be doing better personally now that doesn't mean we always have to be like you know bloody striving to be this best whole 100 percent perfect version of ourselves because of course that doesn't exist but when we get distracted by this whole like oh they're not a dietitian and we're the experts and why do they get to do it you know it's in facebook groups all the time it's bloody all these people just spending so much time and energy on pulling these individuals down or sometimes it's more than an individual but what's the system that enables this and who who gets off the hook? Who gets off the hook when we focus on this one individual naturopath handing out harmful advice or the diet, the nutritionist over there with only two weeks of an online course? Like who gets off the hook when we focus on that? You know, nobody's almost sometimes it's easy just to sort of think of that. And, and you know, there's comfort and there's safety in positioning ourselves as the expert because if we're the experts, you know, it feels a bit more like it gives us a little bit that false sense of power that we often have had stripped from us from our culture so by as as women as and i will generalize um shout out to any of the male dietitians listening along as women or, or people who have been socialized as women then we have been our voice has been reduced our, our, our power our ability to um, to gain access to resources has been reduced. But that is because the system we're in, and we don't change that by manipul- like you know, by playing playing the same game, by playing the same rigged game where then we say, okay, well, now we're going to strip, you know, we get a little bit more power because we're a dietitian, we have this professional degree, et cetera. So we're going to strip that power off somebody else who maybe doesn't have that. The other part of this 
that gets lost that I can't speak to completely myself, um, but I do want to mention it and I will endeavour to um, perhaps get some guests on the podcast and if you've got any recommendations once I finally explain what I'm talking about, um, then please drop them uh, to me in comments or send me a DM over at Dietitian Values on Instagram, is the way we erase um, other culture and indeed particularly Indigenous cultures and other cultural voices when we say that we as dietitian are the experts in food and nutrition. We erase so much um, knowledge because, of course, we know there's a lack of diversity in our field. We know that there is um, in sort of in the in the medical model, there is uh, certain voices that are heard and certain voices that aren't. So by us claiming that we're the expert and if you're not a dietitian or if you're not these things, you don't tick these boxes, then you can't have any say in food and nutrition, that you don't have any expert status, that you um, are not an expert in anything around this, then we lose a lot of that as well. And we devalue that and we dehumanise the experience of other cultures and of people potentially who don't have access to that degree to become a dietitian but have a whole lot of bloody knowledge and expertise in food and nutrition in work with, working with communities that, that they are involved in or they're connected to around this area. So one, we play the game of, you know, supremacy culture by, you know, lording power over other people. It's a big bloody distraction from perhaps our own business, the stuff that we need to be working on around being, um, you know, doing less harm, taking less shit, being more you. It is, it doesn't change anything. It uses our energy. It expends our energy on this little tiny thing instead of putting it towards the other, the, the system, the bigger overarching system. The system gets off the hook. That is where we really wanted the culture, like our cult, the culture that creates this, um, the system that creates this, supports this. That's where we want to focus our energy by focusing on the individual or the person over here that's supposedly stripping our power as being the expert. You know, we just distract ourselves. It takes power away and it dehumanizes the humans that we work with because we're saying we know better than you. Just listen to us. We're the experts. We confuse expert and expertise. We have expertise, but the humans we work with will always be the experts in them. And lastly, as I mentioned, it just basically erases all of that cultural knowledge or, or particularly around food and nutrition because when we position ourselves or dietitians as the experts, it leaves no space for those experts, the people with that level of expertise to step into roles, to step into spaces, to speak up to be actually heard so and there's a lot of bloody problems with it and the fact is it's it's not true it's a lie and it's based on the whole like hierarchical powerhouse of cards uh we are not the experts in other people we are hopefully working towards being the experts in ourselves of learning and unlearning what we need to do we can bring our expertise that we have definitely studied and worked our butts off for of course, coming with a lot of, um, for, for a lot of us and, and myself included, like privilege to get to a place to be able to do that, to have access to courses and education and a whole system that supports me because while I might have um, the identity of being a woman, which um, puts us into a disadvantage, uh, that's the extent of my marginalizations or my less resourced identities. And so I had access to go to university to have a degree i had access um to to get there in the first place to be offered a place and space i had access to 
um, you know, living away from home, the resources to be able to do that, all of the things I had access to support, I had access to so many things that enabled me to become a dietitian in the first place. So there's definitely privilege with that. And again, when we say that we are the experts, only the people that have been through that course or gain this professional status, then we just wipe out a whole lot of people who absolutely have expertise in this area. So that's my thoughts on this. I think there's maximum, a real lot of nuance between using those terms. And I think that, yeah, it's a place where we can shift our language, where we can, where we can be a bit more intentional. And it's also a place where we can really think about yeah, who gets off the hook? What are we being distracted by? And whose voices are left out of the conversation? Who misses out on, who misses out themselves from sharing their knowledge and expertise and wisdom? And who do we miss out from hearing? And who do our, the humans we work with and the communities we engage with miss out from hearing when we sit in this space of we as the dietitians are the experts um, and everyone else, no one else, you know, listen to us basically. So, I'm going to wrap this up. So we're hitting 20 minutes and I don't want this to be too long. I value your time and I appreciate the time that you give me here. So that's what I've got to say on that for now. If you would like to continue this conversation, please pop over to at Dietitian Values on Instagram. Um, and as I said, if you have any recommendations on anyone you'd love to hear from more in this area, particularly around um, how it sits with expertise, experts and the whole concept of experts um, within the food and nutrition space for, um, for you know, the non-dominant cultures that we see all the time being, you know, positioned as the, the, the main sort of area around food. So let me know your thoughts. And as always, I'll be looking forward to continuing the conversation with you. And I'll be back next week with um, more of my thoughts and more of your thoughts. And, you know, every now and then a scintillating guest. I'll talk to you then. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you and the time you've given to me. If you like what you heard, please share it with your dietitian besties and subscribe on your platform of choice. Want more like this? Come follow along and continue the combo on Instagram where I hang out at Dietitian Values. I'm so grateful for you and the opportunity to connect. Have a good one. Catch you next time on the Dietitian Values Podcast. The Dietitian Values Podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Ngambri and Ngunnawal people. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging.